0: Family. Hit like and subscribe and let's get after it because we have Gio Reyna on the show and we don't want to keep him waiting. Yes! What is up everyone and welcome to Chris Henderson's favorite podcast in soccer we trust. I'm Jimmy Trashcan, Conradinho, Conrad, alongside Charlie Chuckwagon Davies and Hollywood Heath Pearson. We are thrilled to have a guest that's joining us today that is, uh, according to Charlie, almost as talented as he used to be when he was a player. It's Borussia <laughs> Dortmund Spielmacher and U.S. Men's National Team playmaker Gio Reyna. But before we bring him on, Charlie, what are you most excited to talk to him about?
2: Just about what he thinks that this how this World Cup's going to play out and, and just his positioning, because I've always thought more of an attacking midfielder, more central role would be beneficial for him and the team. But I, I'm interested to hear what he has to say.
0: All right. How about you, Heath?
2: Well, he's on mute.
0: It's which okay. Is the best. Um, I love when Heath fine. is on. Mute. That's my favorite version of Heath. <laughs> how did that
3: even <laughs> happen? How did I get <laughs> muted and not unmuted? Which is wild. I already started with a penalty in this. No, I mean the last time I saw this kid was with his mom and his dad on on a shoot in New York City, and he was just like he's still a kid, but he was so young. And then he's exploded since then. And I'm just interested to sort of see if he has that understands the perspective of just how far he's come in this uh, short of a time, and just and just chat with him a little bit. I'm excited. No, I'm excited as well. So without
0: further, Freddy Freddie, ado, it's time for our tale of the tape for our special guest. Standing six foot one, weighing 174 pounds, who started his playing career with NYCFC's Youth Academy before making the move to Germany to play for the Black and Yellow, where he's done so well, he was up for the 2022 Golden Boy Award as one of the best young players in the world, who apparently has a dad that played in a few World Cups, and maybe one of those World Cups was with me. But we all know it's his mom, Danielle, who also played at a very high level that gave him all of his ability... It's Gio
4: Later. <laughs> Gio, what's, what's up, up, man? Yeah. Great to see you. You too. Thank you for having me on.
0: Awesome. Okay, so I don't know if you remember this or not, but you and I did a FIFA event together about two years ago. It was for charity. I think you played against Trent Alexander-Arnold in FIFA and lost. He's actually really excellent at that game. Not, Not to bring up old stuff here with the loss. <laughs> but I said something to the effect of while you were saying goodbye, we're all counting on you to win a World Cup for us one day, which, of course, was cheeky and you laughed. But I kind of wonder what those kind of comments do to you as the hype and pressure around you and the U.S. Men's National Team continues to build, especially leading into this World Cup.
4: Um, yeah, it's. I guess for me personally, it doesn't really affect me, of course. Every person is is a little bit different. Maybe it could affect other players in the team. But I think talking from a, <clears throat> a team's perspective, it also you know, isn't really on our head. We know we have a a very young, solid, great, uh, great generation coming through. So, um, yeah, I mean, of course, this World Cup is going to be difficult like every other one. But, um, yeah, we just have to take it one game at a time and then, yeah, see what happens. But, you know, we're all really excited and we're really motivated. So,
3: Gio, you were born in the U.K., you are Argentinian. I know you mentioned you have a Portuguese descent, which means you're just this global citizen. Does any of that <laughs> actually come together when you're thinking about the World Cup, this biggest stage of all the best teams in the world coming together? Or is it just red, white, and blue through and through at that point?
4: I mean, I think, I think I'm think i still a fan of the game. So, um, yeah, growing up besides U.S., I was normally rooting for Argentina. So um, those are kind of my, my roots and, you know, this side of of my family, where I kind of were soccer is in our blood, so um, yeah, I guess you know, of course, I'm I'm all in for us. But if there's an Argentina game going on, you know, another day when we're not playing, I'll I'll, I'll have that one on, and uh, yeah, definitely be rooting for for Messi and and Argentina.
2: I like the honesty. I like the honesty. <laughs> I I, I want to take it back to when we first met. Uh, shout out to Steve Nash uh, playing in his 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 game. You go on to Dortmund, the ascension, because we're seeing a lot of of youth national team players now saying, hey, if I'm going to be at my best, I got to make that move to Europe and work my way up. You go there and you do it so quickly. But can you shed some light on the ups and downs of that process? How do you go from, you know, playing with the youth at Dortmund to all of a sudden you're on the first team and and you're banging in goals?
4: Yeah, I mean, it, it all happened pretty quickly, I think, especially through COVID. It was it was some pretty interesting times. You know, I had to move to a different country when you know no one was kind of able to visit me for for a big portion of the time right after i moved moved out to to my own apartment for the first time so i guess I guess as on the field just as much off the field was was a lot to learn too um just taking care of myself and you know what it takes to kind of compete at a at the highest level for for fifty or sixty games during a season so um yeah it was it was expected of me to kind of make it to the first team at at some point when I was around the time that I did so and I expected it from myself and I think the club also had expectations at the time so um yeah so far it's it's been great obviously last year I was I had a great start and then the injuries kind of kind of took over but um yeah I'm I'm not really looking back in last year and I think yeah I'm still building up fitness after after a season of pretty much not playing so um yeah, I think uh there's still a long way to go of of my goals and you know where I want to end up. So um yeah, I just gotta keep on
2: working. You touched on it, injuries. I, I was one that I think my whole career was defined by injuries, overcoming injuries, and it seems like you've had a little a trouble trying to trying to get healthy, stay healthy. What has that been like for you? Because I know for me mentally it was it was a grind. And then you're like, okay, how do I stay positive? How do I get through rehab and then try not to overdo it because you're, you're so antsy to get back on the field and, and perform.
4: Yeah, I think, I think also for me, what was probably the, the reason that maybe it took as long as it should have, or, or happened, you know, kept on occurring. And, you know, it was kind of this, just repeating on a, on a weekly to monthly basis of, of pain and problems um, that I was, that I was having was probably that I never really had an injury before that. So, um yeah until I was 18 I I never had one injury in my life I was kind of just playing as a kid and then yeah the season gets pretty intense it gets pretty long and then yeah you deal with a muscle injury that you've never had and you know you don't really know how to deal with it you don't understand what the process of of the rehab is regardless of how long and and how short it was and then the end when the when the second one happened it was just a complete lack of of strength in the muscle and, you know, not really, just not really ready to, to play at the moment. But, um, yeah, I think now it's, um, in that time, you know, there was obviously a pretty serious injury. So I had some months, some months off of, of being able to really do anything physically. So, um, yeah, I think in the time it was obviously tough mentally, but, you know, me and my family decided that it, you know it's a great time to to kind of work on on the mental side of things and it's only going to help me uh help me in the rehab process and obviously still help me now so um yeah I tried to work a, a lot mentally and yeah I feel like it's helped so far
0: All right talk to me then about your new partnership with C4 how much is that helping you in the injury side of things and just getting you where you need to be physically to make sure you can perform at your highest level
4: Yeah it's great I think and uh, like I was talking about the the long season and, and you know in the days when you're a little bit tired and uh, a little bit less motivated C4 will always give me that uh, that extra boost of energy and you know motivation just to, to kick me in the right gear and you know get me ready for training or or for a game so um, yeah they've been they've been great through the whole process.
3: Gio, let's talk about uh pressure, you know, at, at your age and what this this young national team is facing. You know, there's always that phrase of like being too young to actually feel pressure, but obviously this group has gone through a lot over the last couple of years uh, on the national team side. Do you at at your age feel pressure now? Do you feel it or are you are you still sort of playing free and enjoying it? And maybe no. they're maybe they're not mutually exclusive exclusive, but do you feel this this pressure on your back at or your ex- age with, with expectation. the hype you have expectations?
4: Yeah. Yeah, I think I think there's expectations. I guess individually, I don't feel feel any pressure. I think as a team, there's probably some expectations, but I guess to say individually, it's obviously a team sport. So um, I wouldn't put a uh, too much pressure on on one single guy or or I guess the captain or whoever it is or anything. There's no really exception. It's kind of we're all in this together, and that's our mindset going into into the tournament not into the world cup and obviously in the in the world cups in the future so um yeah it's regardless of who it is i think it's a it's a it's a team thing you know we all have to be in it together and you know all the expectations we have for ourselves are are known within within the room and the meeting rooms that we have and uh yeah that's that's for us to keep to ourselves so um (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and then I guess individually, I am am i don't really feel the pressure. Maybe other guys do, but that's what we rely on, the, on our other teammates for, to kind of take that pressure off each other.
5: You're, you're a mental giant. The pressure <laughs> get you. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I want to go into the U.S. national team now.
2: Nations League final, goal and assist against Mexico, arch rivals, Pac Stadium, Denver, Altitude. On the road, World Cup qualifying in Azteca. You absolutely have the moment of the match, right? You dribble like 10 people,
0: It's what, like you're skiing on the slopes. Yeah. Just why, didn't, why didn't you? Why didn't you
4: score at the end of that? I was waiting for that. I was,
2: like,
4: oh, I was, yeah, I was injured for a long time, so I, I wasn't used to doing that many. Oh,
2: sprints, my quads would have been burning, gassed, burning oh up. Yeah. God. The slow moment. I'm, just like, I'm here, watching yeah. that slow moment. I'm like, damn. Do you? Are you still going? Um, where Where do you feel most most comfortable on the pitch? Because it, it just seems to me that you're you're better si- situated to be more central. Getting on the ball, you can play in tight spaces, you can dribble three, four, five people, and you can finish and, and, and make that r- the right pass, as we've seen with Erling Haaland.
4: Yeah, I mean, growing up, I was always kind of a, a number 10, and I guess it's, of course, there's, there's roster, I guess, needs in, at different teams at different times, so um, I'm pretty open to playing anywhere, I think, between the left 10 and, and on the right. I think I could also play false nine if, if really needed. But, um, yeah, I think, yeah, I think 10 is probably my position where I feel feel most comfortable and just I've been playing it my whole life. So, um, but, yeah, I guess whatever the team is really asking of me, I, I like to, to have a free role where I guess wherever I play and I can kind of kind of float wherever I want. And I feel like that's where I'm at my best is, yeah, just having having freedom, being able to create, being able to get on the ball, being able to. Yeah, get involved with my teammates. So, um, yeah, I feel like whenever I have that freedom is when I'm at my best.
0: Okay, I'm making sure that Greg watches this interview. <laughs> he knows exactly how you feel. Uh, that's for a second. What do you do, though, when a, when a team like Japan, just to use a recent opponent, does a very good job of crowding the middle of the field and doesn't allow you to pick up the ball in those spaces? Because I can sense that the whole team is frustrated, not you. I mean, everybody's like trying to find that flow and connect passes, but it's just not working in fair play to Japan for making it difficult but what do you do then to try to get on the ball especially as close to the goal as possible because we don't want you dropping back 60 70 yards to go get it and then have to do these slalomy runs through 18 defenders to try to score you know
4: yeah i mean yeah it's 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 hard at times it's it's like you said it's frustrating for all of us i think especially the attacking players you know when in a game like japan we probably weren't getting on the ball as much as we we'd want to and you know especially in the final third we didn't have as many touches and close to their goal as we'd like. But, um, yeah, I guess the coach always has a plan for, for every game. So you kind of just have to respect that plan. And then, yeah, I guess he, he's always looking to get the attackers, the ball too. So, um, in the end, that's, that's everyone's goal is to kind of get the, get the ball to the attacker's feet and, you know, let them create something. So, um, yeah, certain games it's it's simpler than others and certain games it's you know it's it's just hard to say with the circumstances of of each game is a little bit different so um yeah and obviously sometimes the the team is just playing sloppy so it's it's hard to say but um yeah you just got to have to stay patient and then yeah if, if it's not kind of getting to your feet as much as you'd like to I think at some point in the game you got to try and go try and go sniff it out somehow whether it's going in the middle or you know, dropping a little bit deeper, heading out wide, you just got to find a way to kind of get involved and, you know, get on the ball. And yeah, because if you don't uh, get on the ball, at least for me personally, I feel like I I tend to lose a bit of a rhythm. So
3: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, uh, talk to me about just the unity of, of this current crop of of national team players. I mean, I remember for myself and and Jimmy, obviously briefly, and Charlie as well in, in Europe coming to the national team was always this opportunity to come away from, what could be a very stressful environment, right? And be with people that, that, that understand the same things or going through the same things and what you're going through. I mean, talk to me about just how close this, this, this crop and this pool of players is knowing that 26 will go. uh, There's 30 plus, maybe 40 that have contributed and all seem to be very, very close. I mean, what is the energy like uh, with your group, both in camp as well as, you know, the communication outside of camp?
4: Yeah. I mean, I always love going to the national team. I think it's, like you said probably my favorite part about it is just being around a, a good group of american guys and you know you can relate to this that a little bit more than than the european guys over here so um yeah i i always love it regardless of where it is it's always a a breath of fresh air you know taking a break from a really stressful but um yeah i guess game filled season in europe so um yeah, it's, it's great. You know, we got a really tight group of guys, you know, the older guys are great. The younger guys kind of, you know, can be a little bit, uh, <laughs> cheeky sometimes to <laughs> say the least. Including, And I'd probably put myself at at the top of that. But yeah, we got a, a great group of guys, a lot of different personalities, but everyone respects each other. Everyone loves being around each other. And, uh, yeah, it's just always, always really nice to, to be around them. And we've also just built a, a great culture so far. So, um, Yeah, we're looking to keep on building on that. And yeah, especially heading into the World Cup.
2: Heading into the World Cup, group stage. You got Wales first, England, Iran. How often are you watching those games? Because you just focus on your league play now, or are you studying opponents? Are you thinking about ways to get at Wales and England and, and Iran? Like, how does that build up work for you?
4: Yeah, I mean, for me personally, it's, I think it's, it's, such a busy season right now I'm not really even of course the World Cup's just around the corner but I'm not really even slightly thinking about it yet in terms of you know the types of games they'll be of course it's in the back of your mind but I'm more focused on on playing for Dortmund you know being ready to to be on the field every three days here so um of course in the in the week or two leading up to it I'll I'll really start to kind of engage and you know start to to look at the teams a little bit in depth of course England they have so many guys in the Premier League, so whenever I flip one of those games on, it's a, uh, it's pretty easy to see one of them play. But um, yeah, in terms of the other two, maybe whether they're not on the, on the top top teams, it's still really, two tough teams to play against, and still have some really good players. So, um, yeah, it's definitely in the back of your mind, but of course, I think. A week or two leading up before the first game has been all really start be, to, to lock be in and, trash. And, and study Bellingham,
2: <laughs> <laughs> I tell you that right now. Yeah, you yeah be talking trash. It,
4: okay. It, right after the draw, he was he was the first person I uh, I texted, and he probably texted me within five seconds saying the same thing. So, um yeah, it's I'm excited to play against him. We're we're really close here. He's you know one of my best friends on Dortmund. So um yeah, it, it'll be fun.
0: All right, that leads me to, I've got two questions now that you said Jude Bellingham. We'll make it quick. We appreciate your time and congratulations again on your partnership with C4. First question is, since you're one of the handful of players that's gotten to play with Jude Bellingham and Erling Haaland, who do you think has the better upside between those two? <laughs>
4: I mean, God, I can't answer that. I, mean, <laughs> I knew you couldn't. That's uh, <laughs> fine. I knew, I knew this. There's really I think, no answer I for it. I think it's, I guess to answer, I think it's obviously a little bit different different stages of their career I think obviously they both have the world at their feet in in a different way I think Erling has already kind of proved it to be one of the best players in the world already and I think Jude is is definitely on his way but I think Erling I think this season maybe has been the best player in in the world almost in a way I don't know but the goals he scores the uh, yeah just out of nothing, the the numbers he puts up is freakish numbers, and you know if he <laughs> keeps it up, it's it's hard to hard to say that he won't get close to to all the records that Ronaldo and Messi or whoever has them. But yeah, and then Jude, I think yeah, it's I mean you kind of put me on the spot. I think we're so close, it's, you know. You, <laughs> you don't just really said think he was your best things. friend, but so I'm course, like he's,
0: he's not gonna answer this question. Yeah, yeah so of course he
4: it. he's obviously so talented, he's really good at play, I think. I just I just really enjoy playing with him. I hear he's joy to play with. He's can do a bit of everything on the field and yeah, I'm sure like like Erling he's going to have a, an incredible career. So um, yeah, that's that's all <laughs> I, I got for right you now. I appreciate you humoring
0: the question. I didn't have <laughs> That's we're all I got for right now. Uh, okay, then this is tradition for us. Our last question with all of our special guests. What is your best jersey swap of all time and maybe it's Erling Holland. maybe you just switch jerseys with your teammate. I don't even know. Or or your biggest regret? Of maybe you wanted to get somebody and they said, No, not this time, kid.
4: My best jersey swap. Um What do you got? I got Mbappe in the Champions League. Wow! Two years okay. ago when oh, we played it. them in uh in Paris away when, when COVID was starting. So you
2: had an assist. Did you have an assist? Oh,
4: no, you? that was the first leg. I got it in the second leg. Okay. So um Wow, what a get. Yeah, oh, you better hold was, that tight. I, if I was, was your actually, dad, I'd be looking for it. I'd be like, what'd right you say, what, what'd you, say you said that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I man. mean, there was a fight on the field towards the end of the game and I was playing on the right and he was playing on the left and it happened on the other side of the field and I kind of just slipped it in there. Hey, like, can I get your shirt after the game? And he was like, yeah, He was he was really cool about it. So. He just, uh, yeah, he gave it to me and then went to the locker room.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. And what about congratulations regrets? on that one? Any regrets though? You haven't one where you asked. And regrets? You didn't get one?
2: Well, either, um, either like someone gave you the, oh, let's do it in the locker room, and then it didn't happen, or you just like, damn, I didn't ask like because we lost, or you just felt like it's not the right time to ask. Someone swooped
3: on you? Did somebody swoop on you? Because I had that happen to
2: have it <laughs> me where I <I'm>,
3: like, <laughs> I did, I did it in the tunnel, and by the end of the game, they're getting swarmed, and you you're, you're out of luck.
4: I actually I didn't get Erlings, unfortunately. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get it next time around, but I think so many guys were asking for it and it wasn't really on my mind. It wasn't kinda of the first thing I was thinking of to to ask for his jersey and then uh but I and then in the end I just ended up switching with one of my one of my really close friends, Manu Akanji, who's now at Man City doing really well, so um yeah. I'm still really happy I got his shirt. Yeah, that's a good one. I'm definitely looking looking to get Er Erlings in the the second leg.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Well, Gio Reyna, thank you so much for your time. Best of luck the rest of the season with Borussia Dortmund. And, of course, let's go with the U.S. Men's National Team. We know you're going to do great. (laughs) And we look forward to uh, speaking to you very, very soon.
4: Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Keep keep balling. Thank you.
0: That was amazing, guys. Unbelievable. So Gio Reyna is on the show. Let's put a nice little bow on this whole thing. What was uh, Heath uh, the most – the thing that stood out for you about that interview with Gio?
3: I just think about what me at 19 and Gio at 19, and I'm just like, this is ridiculous. But again, (laughs) the world that he's in, the trajectory that he's on, and like Charlie had said, I mean, the main thing is knowing that he he took time – we've talked about this a lot of just going into this vortex of, of when you're injured, right. Of living in your own world. It's woe is me. The walls are closing in around you, but for him to take that time and be able to have that perspective and team around him to think about like developing the mental strength side of it and developing other parts of his game while he's not on the field, I thought was a really mature thing to do. And one that generally you, you, you put in books, right? You write that in books and retrospect and all these things, but it's very hard to apply in real time. And the fact that he's able to Address that at his age and and identify things that he's improving that aren't just uh, things that you do on the field was really impressive. Yeah, how about you, Charlie? Anything that stood out for you?
2: Yeah, for me, it was just his ability to understand his body now and in overcoming injuries. And he, he talked about focusing on the mental side of of the rehab and how how much that is. It's a it's a it's a burden. It, it really forces you to kind of look at yourself from the inside and focus on the, the positives. And so I feel like he, it took some time, like all young players who get their first injury realize it's a slow process and you got to take your time and, and focus on, on the good things in your life. So uh, I'm happy that he's, he feels like he's, he's on the right path.
0: And I'm going to take your two points and just say that it's clear that Gio Reyna is a mental giant. Nothing can rattle him. He is ready for anything that Let's comes. Go. In his way. I look forward to him playing well for us in the World Cup and beyond. Obviously, we have multiple World Cups. He's only 19, everybody, so that is it. We are done with this very special edition of In Soccer We Trust on behalf of producer Des, producer Alex, Charlie Chuckwagon Davies, Hollywood Heath Pierce, a special guest, Gio Reyna. I am Jimmy Conrad, and we appreciate you, as always, for the support. We'll see you next time, later.